You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. Every now and then, I'm going to just take a scripture going forward. I'm going to take it and run with it. I'm just going to get a passage some Sundays. I'm going to take it and run with it. And that's today. I want to take you to Luke chapter 14. Will you stand to your feet with me if you can? Jesus just had a brilliance about him. Jesus had a brilliance about him. He could take a real life situation. He could take a real life situation and he could hit everybody where they were. Didn't matter how much money you had, if you were married, divorced, addict, didn't matter what it was then. It speaks to 2023 now. He was brilliant. Brilliant. And so right now, I want to take you to Luke chapter 14. Can we just say this together? I'm big on talking. I'm big on declarations. Can you? Can we say this together? Say, I'm ready to be challenged and to be changed by God's word. And I'm going to add this to it and to see it for what it is. Saying to see it for what it is. Lord, right now, speak to me, through me, and to anybody who ever hears this message, message, whether they're in the room or not. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 14, stay stay standing with me. Uh, When Jesus noticed that all who had come to the dinner were trying to sit in seats of honor near the head of the table, he gave them this advice. So... Back in their day, the seating charts at weddings and parties and receptions were very important. The most honored people sat in particular seats. So we don't have the exact customs and customs today. Culture changes. People do not. Now you're climbing the corporate ladder. It's the depth chart on your team. It's your SAT scores and how elite of a school you go to. It is your net worth. It is the size of your church. I could keep going, but you get it. Wedding, we don't have to fight for a seat at a wedding, but we fight for something we all do. And Jesus says to us in 2023, whatever we're fighting for, whatever we keep struggling to get to, he says, it says he gave them this advice. When you were invited, when you were invited to a wedding feast, don't sit in the seat of honor. Quit trying so hard. Quit doing too much. Quit caring and trying to impress so much. What if someone who is more distinguished than you has also been invited? The host will come and say, God, the host, he's the host in this, will come and say, give that person, give this person your seat. Then you will be embarrassed because you did too much. You got ahead of your creator, the host. You did too much. You tried too hard. And he said, instead, excuse me, and then he will be embarrassed and you will say, uh, and, and, and you will take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. How many times have you been disappointed? You've been disappointed. You've been let down. It didn't work out the way you thought. Some of you came in here so tired and skeptical because of most of your life, that's what your story has been. You can come in church every Sunday and that's what your story has still been. You love Jesus, but your story has been that. Then you will be embarrassed, disappointed, and you will take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. Instead, Jesus said, take the lowest place at the foot of the table. Then, when your host, God sees you, when he sees you raising that child and trying to prove that your ex isn't a good parent, when he sees you trying so hard for the promotion, when he, that you're not trying so hard for the promotion and not trying to do too much and, and, and try so hard, then when your host sees you, he will come and say, friend, 
we have a better place for you. Then you will be honored in front of the other guests. You won't have to impress them because God will bless you. You won't be fighting for the blessing and the callings and gifts that God has already given you. You will be given to them by God. You won't be fighting for them and earning them and trying to prove and disprove. For those who exalt themselves will be humble and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I don't know if y'all are ready for my title today. I don't know if you're ready for the message, but we about to do it. Can we throw it up there? Move to the back of the bus. Move to, can you just say that with me? Say move to the back of the bus. You say it again, say move to the back of the bus. Move to the back of the bus. My title is also a point, and I have a point for later on in the message uh, that I want you to hear, and I want you to tell three people around you as you're seated, say, be faithful in the back. I made y'all sit so long, y'all like, are you sure you're going to let me sit down? Are you sure? I'm not sure. Oh, I'm glad y'all are here. I'm glad y'all are here. Y'all got stressed out just enough to sit down for a minute, and I'll get you up before you get, uh, before you get like uh, uh, tightened up again. I'm at that time in my life, I get up in the first five minutes, I'm a little scared, and then, I, and then I'm like, oh, okay, we good. It just took a minute. I'm just grateful. One day, it'll probably be like this all the time, you know. I tried to set up a bus seating for everybody. I wanted to make it as realistic as I could. Uh, for those of you who were traumatized by riding the bus at home or back in the day in middle school, I wanted you to feel the trauma. So maybe I could open you up a little bit because uh, for the troublemakers that you ruled the bus, uh, I wanted you to feel it too. I want you to engage and be active today because uh, uh, the thing is we think this whole situation and scenario we grew up in only applies to middle school and kids and high school kids and college kids and uh-uh, your stuff just looks different at 50 than it did in the fifth grade. And so I wanted to sit. I wanted to sit with you. I want to I I really engage it because here's the thing is when, we, when we're growing up, we like the back. We like the back. We like to play. We, like to, we, like, no, we, like, we don't like authority and accountability. Some of you grown folks right now, you know I'm tell, talking about you still. You're like, I'm 50, and if I'm really being honest, I don't like it either. We like we're on the back, we play. All the, all the stuff that happens that gets found out on Tuesday from the football trips, they have, it happened in the back of the bus. That's why it gets found out on Tuesday. And we play around and, and we end up, parents get mad, like my seventh grade kid heard this word in the back of the bus. <laughs> but when we get older, when we get older, what happens is we see something we want. We start finding who we're called to be and what God has blessed us with. And so what we start doing is we start moving we start going towards the front. We focus on the front. I remember when I was in high school, I used to love the coaches. I'm a talker, if you hadn't noticed already. And so I'd get to the front just to talk to the coach I like. Y'all remember Coach Ricks that preach here, Fred Ricks, that preaches here about once a year? Uh, I'd get to the front to talk to that dude. I still like talking to him. And so we finally find what we want, what we're looking for. And we're trying to work on the front. We're trying to work to the front. Our focus is on the front of the bus. We will fight towards the front. We will do whatever it takes to get to the front. We will do shady stuff and quote, quote scripture doing it and undermine at work and say, God gave me the job. No, you manipulated to get the job because you were focused on the front. 
See, that's just what happens. You, you played in the back as a kid. Now you fight for the front as an adult. It's the same motive and insecurity. It just changes as we get older. And what happens is you will brown nose the booster club and give big donations so that your kid gets more playing time because you want him to get put to the front. My way, my say, my kid, the attention needs to be on me. We are a front-minded, focused culture and church. It's the front of the bus mentality. We want to impress. That's what Jesus said. You go to the wedding party, you want to impress. We want to impress people. We got something to prove or disprove. I want to impress. We want to impress people. Jesus said you need to quit folk. You need to quit focusing on getting to the front and on impressing people. You need to focus on the one who made the room, made you, and threw the party in the first place. And what we do is we live, we have this front of the bus mentality. You, want to, you will try so hard, young people to old people. You go in your schools, you go in your job, you go in your, you, with your spouse, in your family, with your kids, with your money, with everything in your life. You want the front. You fight for, we come into church, trust me. One of the biggest things I deal with in church culture is people who like to appease people and they really, they love Jesus, but they haven't been able to give up their position to say, or their, their motive, they have a, they got to check, we got to change perspective. They want the front. They want to be told, man, your mom and daddy be proud of you. God be proud of you. And I'm telling you, we have a front of the bus mentality. And Jesus says, quit trying to impress the people at the party and focus on the one who made you, gave you your gifts and abilities. Who called you to be living stones. Peter wasn't the only stone. Jesus was talking to everybody who plants their life on him. That's why Peter says we're living stones. And what happens is we focus on the front. You come to church, you ain't seeking him with all you got. You're trying to find a man. Trying to check a box, get some clientele. And what happens is you end up living at this altar because you constantly get disappointed. And Jesus says, quit trying to focus on the front. Quit trying to get to the front. Quit trying to prove to people that you belong in the front. Quit getting mad because you're second string. If you will focus on your creator, you don't have to worry about if the coach sees you or not. If you know that he's Adonai Elroy, what they called him in the Old Testament, the God who sees, then it doesn't matter if your coat sees you, your mama and daddy sees you, because you're focused on not the front, you're focused on him. And so we have a front of the bus mentality and we fight for it. Our whole lives we get frustrated and tired and we're constantly fighting for the front of the bus and Jesus literally shifts everything. He flips the script. He flips the flow of culture. Not just culture, people. Because culture changes, we don't. We still do the same stuff. Jesus said this stuff. He preached this stuff 2,000 years ago and people either took it, left it, or crucified for him, crucified him for it. But we just, I'm, I got to put it out there because it'll change your life today just like it would have 10 years ago and will 10 years from now when you want to change your perspective. We have a front of the bus mentality. We come into the party and we're trying to sit at the top. We're trying to prove that we belong. And it is just as, it's just as prominent in the church. Just as prominent. I've been in church long enough. I've been a part of it. Trust me. I'm not guilty. I'm not innocent. Nobody notices me. Nobody called me. Nobody cares about me. Do you care about people? Do you call people? 
I just they ain't friendly, man. He used to be so friendly. He used to be, are you friendly? Or do you put on that stay away from me face and then talk about other people not being friendly? We do. This is one I get all the time. People tell, I, don't, I think I'll always get it if I do this right, really. It doesn't offend me anymore. Now I'm like, as long as I get this criticism, I'm preaching something. Um, people, say, people say, Ben, why don't you preach on this a little more? I have never had somebody that told me to preach on their junk more, the stuff they struggle with more, ever. Never, ever. It's not just the rule. It's actually never happened. Oh, Ben, why don't you preach on this? What you're saying is, why don't you preach on the issues I don't struggle with a little bit more? Because I want to focus. I, don't, get away, get, don't get my focus away from the front of the bus where I have to look at the issues that have been keeping me in the back. And so what happens is, is we, we so people are like, oh, man, uh, you, you got this thing. This is one message. I'm telling y'all, this ain't one time. It happens all the time. Not talking about one year or the reputation of our church. I'm talking about one message. I'm talking about one, because I'm an equal opportunity offender. Because I promise you this, there are applications in this message and every message I preach that move me to the back of the bus. And I'll show you why in a minute. I never preach things I've conquered. Because I need Jesus as bad as you. And as long as I know it, that's a good place to be. And the fighting for the front is when you don't know it. Fighting for the front of the I got something to prove so that I can even prove it's all. So, so um, people tell me, oh, man, you got this inclusive church, man. Usually don't tell me this. I find out through somebody else. You got this inclusive church. And, and, and then you talk, and, 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 but, but it's really not all that inclusive and, 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 you, and, you, and you're judgmental. I'll tell you straight up. I'll say it. I used to not say it when we grew. I, didn't, I would have told you I didn't appease nobody, but I did as we grew. I will tell somebody, there is somebody in every Sunday that we sit here, you need to stop drinking, you need to stop partying, you need to start, you need to work on yourself and be single for about 17 years or until God, until you find yourself and, and when you keep getting set back because you have left, I'm sorry that you can't go to the wedding like the other person and have a glass of wine, uh, but, but you can't and until you decide that I don't want some things that have been holding me back enough to quit them and to seek him, you will get disappointed. I will say that in a sermon and then I I will say the other end of the spectrum. I will say you need to quit talking about gay people and start loving people. And then I will get the and then I will get to a, and then I will get these two criticisms. And here's what they'll say I, in, in one message. That's when I realize, man, can somebody make up their mind about my mess? Then I realize I'm a mess because I need him. That's why I need to sit my tail at the back of the bus. Because here's the thing: is both ends of the spectrum. Both ends of the spectrum. And I'll tell you why both ends will say, they'll say, it'll go from, man, you're hypocritical to, man, you one of them young woke pastors. One message. <laughs> one message. One message. And then I realize why it is. is we all, we want, we want our way. Our terms. Our politics. That's why you will burn bridges and friendships over political opinions. And when somebody, man, everybody's like, you need to respect Trump. Then Biden gets in office. Well, well you need to, res yeah, but we hate Biden and vice versa. It doesn't matter who's in the party. We are all, we worship our theology. I can't worship my theology, y'all. That's why one of the things I get up here, I'll tell you I'm wrong about some stuff. And I'll face Jesus for it one day, but I'm, I'm not trying to be. But I'm not him. And so there's always, this, there's always this sense of I want my way, my terms, 
my opinions. I want the front. And when somebody starts focusing, you want to focus the attention away from you so that you can get this seat. You can get this seat. We are front, we are front minded. We are front, front of the bus mentality, man. We want our way and we want to talk about their stuff so that we can get our way or focus on them so that we don't have, the focus is away from us. We can't take criticism. I struggle with taking criticism. I have a staff that works so hard. And when you work hard and give all you got, you tend to struggle taking criticism. I struggle taking criticism. I've learned in certain areas that I need to take it, but that first mindset for me is I push it away. That is a front of the bus mentality. And so what happens is, I've been there 10 years and they hired the young joker. They don't, they don't appreciate me. No, a, a good supervisor makes decisions for this season, not last. And you've been, you've been entitled and a little lazy because them young people have been talking behind their back and it's gotten back to the boss. And they, they got a hand. It's not about your work ethic. It's about your character. And before you know it, you're blaming them because you've been trying, fighting to get to the front of the bus for 10 years. And you're wanting them to judge you on five years ago. And they got to judge you versus today on today. We can't take criticism. We don't like it. And then first thing with criticism, I do it too, y'all. I'm with you in this. Oh, you know what I've done for you. You're going to talk to me like that. You know, I raised you. I took care of you. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about what you did or didn't do. Uh, the, the conversation is what, what you need to do better, what we need to grow through. But you know what we do? We go to what I did and didn't do because we don't want to get put in the back of the bus. We want the front of the bus. Jesus said, you got to stop that. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Tell somebody, say, move to the back of the bus. Of the bus. Say it like you want to do it. Say, move to the back of the bus. <laughs> we love titles. Y'all know we love titles. First thing, the, the, the one thing I will never give anybody a title in this church is when you want one. Because they matter too much. And they, matter, they didn't matter to Jesus. The Bible says about Jesus that he thought equality with God was nothing to cling to. He didn't even play the God card. And yet we want a title. We want a promotion. We want to be recognized and affirmed. We want attention because we have this front of the bus mentality. And Jesus said, you got to stop that mess. Quit fighting for the seat. Quit fighting for the promotion. Quit fighting to prove to your spouse that you are worthy of them. Quit trying to fix them so that you can tell everybody who ever wounded you that I fixed my husband. You, ought, you don't get that driver's seat if you truly trust Jesus. We love titles, man. We want mercy. We, love, we want mercy and grace. And God gives it. God gives it to all of us. But here's the thing about mercy and grace. We don't give it a lot of times. We don't give it. We want them to pay. We want them to pay. And listen to me. I've lived long enough in my life. I'm, get, I'm in my late 30s. I've lived long enough. I've got some legitimate hurt. There's some things that I, uh, there's some things I was, I was not wrong, am not wrong, but you got to surrender your right to be right and to prove everybody wrong because that is sin. That is a front of the bus mentality. That is a front of the bus mentality. It's a front of the bus mentality. We want mercy and grace, but we want everybody else to pay. You want President Trump and President Biden to go to prison for what they did or whatever you think they did or say they did. You want the joker who cheated on his wife 
to pay his business and reputation to get burnt to the ground and him to never be able to redeem and come back from it. You want the kid that bullied your kid, that bullied your little, your little perfect prince and princess, who is perfect, who's never been wrong or bullied another kid. You want that bully to pay. You want them to get blasted and you will blast them if necessary and then say Jesus is Lord and, and Sunday's coming uh, all through social media during the week. You know why? Front of the bus mentality. Front of the bus, man. It's a front of the bus thing. It's a front of the bus thing. Our culture is all I do is win, 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 no matter what. All I do is win, win, win. That's culture. And it's just as big in the church. All I do is win, win. You want to win the argument. You want to win the boardroom. You want to win the acknowledgement. You want thank yous. You want that, boys. I'm going to be honest with you. I make y'all talk partially because you need to talk because we live in a disconnected world and I don't want you to go be the first, last one in and first one out. But partially, I enjoy amens. It's nice. We want it. You want daddy's attention. So you'll spend, he, your daddy's been dead for 30 years and you're still trying to win his attention. and He's been in a grave for a while. And so what happens is we want it so bad, we want to win. You want to win the argument. You want to be right. Prove them wrong. Somebody to say sorry to you. We want it so bad. All I do is win. You want the promotion. If I can just get this job, if I could just get this job, this promotion, this money, if I could, if I could get this gold, this house, if, if I could provide for my kids everything, even if I spend the rest of my life on credit card debt, paying for stuff that I shouldn't have, couldn't have afforded, didn't have to afford, if I can do it, then I can get to the front and I can be somebody. It is a front of the bus mentality. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. If I get to the front, I will push anybody away that stops me from my focus. So the front of the bus is your focus. Anybody that says, hey, I love you too much. You need to stop this right now. You need to get yourself together. You're going to keep getting disappointed. There's times over the years that I've said I can't counsel you anymore. You don't want counseling. And all I'm going to do is make this relationship hurt, hurt more for longer. And oh, they... Get mad. But the thing is, is we want to win. We want to be right. That's why we don't like when everybody gets trophies because you want the trophy and you want to be recognized. You want to be the only one on stage, the one at the top of the mountain on that stage, on that podium. It's a front of the bus mentality and we all have it. We all have it. You know why we have it? Because we don't really know how much Jesus loves us and we don't really trust and surrender to him. We don't. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind. I can never give up. The, uh, when we started first several years of Catalyst, actually to the last couple, I didn't talk about money hardly at all. I was scared to. That was my fault. Poor leadership. I get it. I'm growing though. I still don't talk about it as much as most people. And honestly, I don't talk about it nearly as much as Jesus because he talked about it more than anybody. Oh, excuse me, he talked about it more than almost anything. Because he said, where your treasure is, your heart is. You're in the same spot, you better adjust your heart. And so I started mentioning it when they applied the messages and stuff like that. You know, people got mad. Oh, you talk, you talk about money all of a sudden, they got mad. You know why they got mad? 
Because when it makes you focus on the things you need to address in the back that are stopping you from managing your life, money, pocketbook, everything in the front, you either bust out of the ceiling by obeying God or you get mad at whoever's challenging you. I don't want anybody's money. I honestly don't think you need to invest here unless you believe in what God's doing, but you need to invest somewhere. But Invest somewhere you believe in because it ain't about here. It ain't about anywhere. It's about you, me, and our hearts. But we're so focused on the front. We are so focused on the front and winning. We're so focused on it. And here's the thing, y'all. Here's the lie of it. It'll never be enough. It'll never be enough. That's why Jesus said, don't do it. It'll never be enough. You keep posting them bikini pics so that you get those fire emojis dropped and, and those guys comment, girl, you're so sexy. I don't even know how you're single because your boyfriend broke up with you and your daddy didn't give you no attention. But I'm going to tell you, it will never be enough. You can be the most beautiful woman on the planet and you'll never really know it. Because the front of the bus... Even if you get there, even if you live there and stay there, even if you have an incredible man, incredible wife, even if you raise an incredible family, you, it won't be enough. Jesus isn't trying to punish you by saying quit, quit being fake and fraudulent. We like to talk about that because we like to call out other fake people because we're fraudulent and for fraudulent. We don't want to feel that way. But Jesus didn't say it because you're fake, you're fake, you're fake. He's saying it because you're loved, you're loved, you're loved. And it's time for you to realize it and quit trying to prove it to everybody else in the room. Amen. We have a front of the bus mentality. Front of the bus mentality. You can be the most successful person on the planet at what you do. It'll never be enough. It'll never be enough. One of the most grateful things for the last, I am so thankful for the last two or three years in this church. So thankful. Oh, it's hurt like hell. I'm thankful. We start a church and have all this amazing growth. We get, we, get, we get Solomon Foundation to take, a, to take a gamble and believe in what we're doing and we buy this big building. We come over here in one month. All that stuff, it felt so good. I'm honest with you. Too good. So good. Got told I couldn't graduate college. Got set back. Got put on the bench. Got, got every. I felt like I never got taken seriously. You grow up with the, with the issues and, and, and disabilities I have. And you end up, you finally, you see a room just pack out. And they're receiving from you. And it felt so good. So good. Before I know it, I realized, man, I felt like I was finally getting to sit at the front. And I could preach to everybody else about this stuff. But it wasn't until God stripped it away from me. And it doesn't matter how it happened. It doesn't matter. I got to look at my own heart and put my head down because when you humble yourself and, and go to the back of the bus and you let God sort out the details, he says, quit trying to focus on everybody in the room. Focus on me and the host. Peter says, Though, if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God in due time, he'll lift you up. Jesus said, humble yourself and you'll be exalted. Exalt yourself, you'll be humbled. I'm so thankful that I got to see my heart because I always going to have some junk and I need Jesus. And I got to see that this thing, it felt too good. I know we're going to be a bigger church. I know we're going to constantly, we're going to grow. I don't know what it's going to be. I told Angie in Aruba, we're seeing all these successful pastors and I, I told her, I said, baby, I don't focus on the numbers. I know we're going to grow, but I can't focus on that. 
I got to focus on humbling myself in the back of the bus of Catalyst, staying in a place of seeking the presence of Jesus and, and, and studying and teaching his word. Amen. Not just building a flavor because it feels good to be different. It's a front of the bus mentality. It's a front of the bus mentality. You invest so much and trying so hard and doing so much. You try so hard, you do so much. And even if you get their respect, it won't give you self-respect. Even if you get the job or get on the team, you won't feel like you're worthy of it because you fought so hard instead of left as the one who really gives the promotion. And so we fight, we fight, we fight, we fight. And now I want you to say this. Tell your neighbor, say, be faithful in the back. Be faithful in the back. If you trust God, you trust him to promote you to acknowledge you, to bless you. You don't get ahead of him. We try so hard. We invest our money, our time, our energy. We gain 75 pounds by not being healthy and we work 80 hours a week so you don't have time to eat right or go to the gym and we don't even realize we are exhausted. Your relationships have failed over and over and you're struggling and struggling and struggling because you've done too much and tried so hard. And tried so hard. And tried so hard. And I want you to know this. Healing happens in the back of the bus. Healing happens in the back. The presence of God in your life happens in the back. It happens in the back. You've made mistakes in your life, big mistakes. Whether you hit them or they came out and they ruined your whole life, whether you lost your family over it, uh, it healing happens in the back. The trauma, the things in your life that make no sense. It makes no sense. It rocks your faith and everything. Why God, why God? I'm telling you, healing happens in the back. In the Old Testament, Elijah was depressed. Suicidal. The two people in the Bible that scholars uh, really believe were suicidal, it's Elijah and Paul. Elijah, God isolates him, the back of the bus. He takes him, he feeds him, he gives him rest. He takes him, when you see this journey, he takes Elijah. Jezebel's trying to kill him. He's killing it in, the, in ministry and in prophecy. He's doing miracles. The prophet, he embarrasses Jezebel because God's using him so much. And Jezebel says, I'm gonna kill him. And he goes and God isolates him. And at the end of this, he ends up on a mountain in a cave, probably the same cave that Moses, his ancestor, experienced the presence of God and got the, wrote the Ten Commandments. He took him back to the back of the bus to remind him where he came from, who created him, the plans and God plans, the plans and promises of God for his life. It happened in the back. Listen, I know it hurts. I know you've been through a lot. I know that you've made it harder on yourself, but God is trying to isolate you because there are some things that you got to be you and him. You got to quit trying so hard. You got to move to the back of the bus. You got to say, God, I got to quit trying. So I got to trust you. In the Old Testament, uh, Israel was, uh, they were, they were, they, they, they were uh, freed from 400 years of slavery, right? They're not where they used to be. They're moving forward. God parted the Red Seas. You've had some breakthroughs in your life, but, they, but they, they got stuck on the outside of the promised land. They didn't take it. And so for 40 years, God provided them their daily manna. They weren't where they, were, where they, used, to, they, weren't where they used to be and they weren't where they were going. 
But God gave them grace so they didn't starve to death in this in-between season. And I'm going to encourage some of you right now. You're going through trauma. You don't see much of anything clearly. You've got a lot of anxiety. Some things don't make sense. You're trying to get your feet under you. You're trying to build a life. Trust God day to day. Day to day. Don't make big decisions. Quit trying to push to the front. Quit trying to find a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend. Quit trying to do too much. Spend too much money. Quit taking risk when you don't know what to take risk on. Quit trying to take care of everybody else. You can't, you got to learn to take care of yourself. God provided their daily manna. He didn't give them a year. He actually would, they would, they would actually lose when they tried to over prepare. And so right now you need, you won't move to the back of the bus. That's where healing happens. Jesus says, back up, trust me, give it to me, give me time, and let me work in your life. Let me work in your life. Ruth, she lost everything, y'all. Telling you, Jesus taught things that the Bible confirms over and over. Ruth lost everything in that culture. Her husband, all the men of her family. She was broke. I'm not talking about just a little broke. Gleaning, she had to go glean the fields. Gleaning was something, the field workers, they were generous, short version, very generous. So she's gleaning the fields so that she can take care of her mother-in-law. She didn't have to glean the fields forever. But if she doesn't glean the fields in her season, she doesn't get Boaz. And you're not gonna stay broke and in poverty and, and can't get your marriage together and can't even go in a room and have some clarity about who you are. You can't, you can't really enjoy blessing until God does some work in your life. And you may not have to work two jobs. You're not going to have to work two jobs forever. You're not going to have to humble yourself. But if you will stop arguing about what you didn't do and be accountable for what you did and quit trying to change your spouse, and if you will just sit for a minute and you will humble yourself in the back of the bus, you don't have to do it forever. But if you don't do it, you're going to struggle forever. It doesn't make sense. you got to start over. Look, if you will trust God with the details and the gaps and the debt and the pain and your kids being addicts, if you will trust him in the back, leave the details and the time to him, he will take care of you. Don't just love him. Let him love and take care of you. Amen. Jesus says, stop focusing on the back. Focus on the host, me, me. Me. The back is where you heal. The back is where you need to be single for a while. Tell somebody, say, be faithful in the back. Say, move to the back. Move to the back. If you, don't look, if you want to read social media for a while, you'll see a bunch of people fighting for the front, and you're probably one of them. We love talking about how everybody's social media posts. If you really look at yours, the spirit of them, they're the same. That's why I just don't engage, because I know I can get in that stuff too and be just as dumb. It's Palm Sunday, y'all. So they called Jesus the cornerstone, right? Jesus was the cornerstone. What a corner, chief cornerstone. So what a cornerstone was, before there was concrete, there was a cornerstone. And when it says Jesus is the cornerstone, the cornerstone wasn't just the, the heaviest stone. The, stone, the strongest stone that could hold the whole foundation together was also where they shaped all the other stones around it. It was the only puzzle piece. You don't get a puzzle without it. 
And so what's happened is Jesus may be a stone in your life, but he's not the stone. I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm with you. At churches all the time, you know, the, the religious people are the ones that killed Jesus. The Romans just did him a favor and took care of it for him to keep peace. See, he wasn't the cornerstone. And in churches today, I'm, and I'm, I'm afraid we're all guilty and sometimes, but in American church culture specifically, he's a stone, but not the stone. Not the cornerstone. He's an interest. He's a good idea. Oh, I love his ways. And you compare him to other teachers, teachers and how ahead of his time he was. Or, or you're not willing to make the big moves. You'll sit in church, but you won't really step out of faith. You'll be inspired by my, by my messages. I'm thankful you can handle them and be inspired by them, but I'm telling you, they will not change your life until you do them. There will come a time you will get mad and you will leave and you probably blame me and the church and say, I'm just not growing here anymore. No, you're not growing is the thing. We're too busy focused on the front of the, front of the, the, front of the bus. And so this is Palm Sunday, right? Palm Sunday. Ba- Baptizees, we get up, I'm a little loud. We go prepare to get ready. Uh, I'm, I'm probably a little late saying that, so. It's Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Week before Easter. And so what happened this Palm Sunday is Jesus rode into Jerusalem. It was about time for the cross. He rides in, and remember they're waving, anybody who knows very much are waving palm branches. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. They thought Jesus was going to do it on their terms. He was going to overthrow the Roman Empire. He was going to take over. He was going to do the thing, man. And then within a week, within a week, they realized he wasn't going to do it their way, and they were the almost identical crowd, probably very much the same crowd that was crying out crucify him because he didn't do it their way, so he wasn't, they weren't going to, they were going to focus on him. We do that all the time. We move Jesus to the back of the bus just like the Pharisees. They move Jesus to the back of the bus. Just like the people that killed him moved him to the back of the bus. We do it. Watch what Jesus did. He was faithful in the back of the bus. He was faithful on the cross. Paul says this about Jesus. He says, because he was obedient to death, even death on a cross, he was obedient. Are you obedient when you lose the job? When they don't appreciate you? When they don't say thank you? When your husband and wife doesn't see you and appreciate you? When they betray you, slander you? When they don't don't hire you, when they won't date you, when they don't believe in you, Jesus, it says he was obedient. He moved to the, he let them put him in the back of the bus. And it says this, it says, and because of that, God elevated him to the place of high honor. He trusted the father completely before the cross. God, if there's any other way, father, uh, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. I'm faithful, I'll be faithful in the back. Jesus practiced that for us. And so you're going to see this on Easter. You're going to see this on Easter. You're going to see a lot of posts saying Sunday's coming, especially on Friday. A lot of posts, Sunday's coming, Sunday's coming, Sunday's coming, Sunday's coming. On Friday, Jesus is on the cross, but Sunday's coming. 
And that's true. That's true. But Jesus said this. He moved to the back of the bus. He was faithful to the cross. And he said this in Luke 9. He said, then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Move to the back of the bus. Be faithful in the back of the bus. Be faithful when you don't get your way. Be faithful when things don't go your way. Be faithful when your kid doesn't play and doesn't make the team. Be faithful and not, be faithful. Tell somebody, say, be faithful in the back. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. Paul says, but if you give up your own life, your life for my sake, you will save it. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at imcatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you, we care about you, and we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.